Welcome to the Cannabis Supply Chain Podcast. My name is Patrick Aylward. We're hosted by Yacht Solutions, and we're here to engage with our community to understand multiple perspectives in order to make impactful changes through conversation. We appreciate you listening in and tuning. If you'd like to follow and subscribe the podcast, check out Yacht Solutions' webpage and whoever we're interviewing for today's episode. We would really appreciate that, and we thank you for joining us. Welcome to the Cannabis Supply Chain Podcast. My name is Patrick Aylward. We're hosted by Yacht Solutions, and today we are having our episode with Jeff Croft, owner and CEO of Galenus, a multi-state operator, um, a grower here in Ohio, and then a vertically integrated company up in Michigan. Jeff's got a background in the law space, a little bit in writing for the state's laws, and then I believe you are publishing Cannabis Business Times, which I found that this morning. So yeah, anything missed? Articles. No, that's funny. Well, today we're here to just talk to you about Galenus's supply chain. So, so far on this show, um, I have been able to interview quite a few brand ambassadors and some sales execs. But somebody up at the um, top of the business is a new one for us. So I think you'll be able to provide us some insights that we haven't been able to hear. So if sure. you could just kind of give a preliminary idea of what it takes to produce results at Galenus. Um, sure, that's a big question. Um, I mean, as a general statement, Galenus is a, is a organic cultivator in Ohio. I think fundamentally that's kind of what we, we think of ourselves as, as being we were the first and I think now only one of two organic medical marijuana growers in the state of Ohio. And what that means is we're growing in, uh, well, soil for starters, but not just any soil, um, nutrient rich living soil, as opposed to, um, some of the off the shelf stuff that's been probably sitting in a bag for a little while. So there's a lot of microbiology going on in the soil that we grow that is complementary to the plants. Um, the the science is such that what we're trying to do is sort of create an environment where the plants natural environment that they evolved to grow in is sort of optimized with the soil and the overall conditions that we give to the plants so we we do grow in an entirely indoor environment which allows us to fairly closely control temperature humidity the light cycles the plants get irrigation those things are all kind of standard but then in addition to that managing the soil and managing microbiology in the soil such that the plants are able to more readily absorb and the the nutrients that are in the soil the soil is making bioavailable the nutrients that we give to the plants is kind of what we hang our hat on we've gotten to be really good at it over the last couple of years and um, we're doing the same thing in Michigan now, and uh, we'll be looking for future markets to go in over the course of the next year or so. I mean, as a consumer and a patient and somebody just who cares about the plant and this whole industry in its entirety, I think that's one of the few ways to go. There's certified kind, living soil, having companion plants, all that kind of uh, ideology or outlook is, I don't know, I think the way to start um with that being where you guys kind of ethos or where your um, growing techniques are living, how does that bleed through into your supply chain? Does that make it really difficult to 
you know, gain consumers and get that out of the door? Does it make it easier, but more difficult in the production side of things? I know when I caught you in Cleveland during October, I believe you and Christine both um, had talked to the efficacy, or maybe I'm choosing the wrong word, but how difficult it is to abide by those certified kind standards. So how does that, you know, how does that go into the whole thing and actually getting to retail? Sure. Um, so the, 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 the philosophy of what we do in cultivation permeates most of the operation from a supply chain standpoint. And so we do spend quite a lot of time and thought in trying to make sure that we've got a supply chain that is as representative of our values as it can be. And so we've opted to make some decisions with what we are packaging our product in and everything from nutrients to foliar applications to packaging to almost everything that we do. I mean, waste management as well to try to minimize our carbon footprint and make the operation as sustainable as it can be. Um, it's very hard in this industry to be a zero waste operator, just mostly because packaging makes it kind of impossible. And so what we tried to do was to identify suppliers that are able to, if they can't be fully compostable or allow us to avoid anything getting into a landfill, we at least try to make it such that from a logistics standpoint, Shipping is reduced with the options that we're choosing. Um, the the weight that's traveling on trucks is less. We sell most of what we produce in bags with the exception of one product. Um, and that is does have a lot to do with the fact that it's it's they're easier to manage from a logistical standpoint. They just take up less volume than as heavy. And so there if you can't have something that's fully compostable, which in cannabis, unfortunately, those options are very few and far between and not always great for the flower. Then, um, then we think the, some of the bag options that we've got in place are the next best option. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that's a difficult conversation to have. Everyone views it a little bit differently, but I've definitely heard and um, see the logic in um, purchasing bags versus purchasing glass and what it takes to get it shipped and how much more you can get shipped to you and all those kind of things. And um, we have a few suppliers that make that easier, but that's not what we're here for. Um, in, in relation to that, what do you think? And if you want to stay on packaging, that's great. If you want to keep going into other suppliers or other portions of your supply chain, that would be cool. Um, but what do you think could improve the process for you? I know a lot of us look to like the federal legalization of cannabis to make it easier on you as an operator, you know, 1080E banking, stuff like that. But beyond that, you know, are there other things that you can think of or immediately um, are working towards at your supply chain to make it more efficient or easier on you? Well, I mean, I just, I think that the industry as a whole just suffers from a lack of scale. And whenever a industry or an individual business or an industry as a whole doesn't have a certain critical mass of scale, what inevitably ends up having is there's a lot of inefficiencies in supply chains and stuff, just the stuff that you need to run the business isn't always as available as you otherwise might hope it would be. Now, on the cultivation side, we obviously share quite a lot of similarity with just big agriculture. And so there is 
quite a lot of stuff that we can steal from that industry and other industries as well. I mean, cannabis is at its core kind of a consumer packaged goods industry. Um, but there are areas where there are a handful of things that are unique to cannabis or unique enough, I guess I'll say, that they they aren't broadly available outside of the cannabis world. And whenever you end up in that situation and people are producing things at a relatively small scale, you always end up with two things, a lack of options and also higher prices. That's just how it ends up working. And so I think that it is really just a function of time. We The industry needs to grow. It needs to get a little bit more widespread. We need to get bigger. Certainly descheduling or national legalization would help. But I think that the cat's kind of out of the bag as far as the growth of the industry. It's going to continue to grow everywhere. All the states that it's currently in and in new markets as they open up and then internationally as well. And so I think we'll see those supply chains grow and kind of become more efficient as time goes on. But for right now, it's just we're in the thick of it. Everybody that's in the industry is right in the middle of it. And we're all just kind of trying to find our way through to finding the best suppliers, trying to figure out logistical challenges and making sure that we're producing products that we can stand behind and that patients or consumers want. Really appreciate that insight. And um, something that I've been hearing across the board, and I'm about nine episodes into the podcast, I have for release. So being a one man band, I can only put out so much. But regardless, I hear so many people cite education as one of our biggest blocks in the supply chain, right? Like I've talked to people who are processing cannabis and doing vapes and stuff like that. I've talked to people who are like me, but deeper in it in the packaging side. And it really seems like across the board, everyone thinks that education is one of the biggest um, roadblocks to our supply chain. Do you think that you agree or would you have anything to you know touch on that? Well, I, I definitely think it's part of it. I mean, the anybody that is trying to sell a product is going to get as educated as they need to be in order to effectively sell. And so I don't know that it's necessarily a lack of education in and of itself. I just think that if we were, if we were, if the cannabis market was a hundred billion dollars a year in the United States, whereas now I think it's close to 30, we would have a much different looking supply chain. I mean, $30 billion is plenty big, but it's a really fragmented market. You don't have a bunch of extraordinarily large producers out there. You've got a few, but not. it's not a consolidated market. It's still mostly really small operators, the vast majority of them being kind of mom and pops. And whenever that situation is the case, supply chains are always clunky because you don't have big consumers. And that also means you typically don't have big sellers. A lot of the companies that are focusing on cannabis are either small companies or companies that are operating in a different industry and they're kind of looking at cannabis as sort of this niche market that they can participate and raise prices in because, you know, cannabis people are dumb and they don't know any better. Um, so education is part of it. I think knowing how to service your customers in the best possible way, having better products and having um, solutions to the problems that your customers face is certainly important but at the same time most of the things that exist in consumer packaged goods or the agricultural market work good enough and the problem is is that everyone wants to charge a cannabis premium and so 
if what you're trying to do is come into a new market, charge more for the same thing that you can otherwise get through a traditional supply chain, it's you're not going to have that customer very long. You might get people for a little while, but then they're just going to keep shopping around and finding the best deal that they can get, assuming that the quality is there. And you're not better off. Nobody's better off treating the marketplace like that. So education is certainly part of it. But I think that understanding that cannabis is a market that's going to be here to stay. It's not going anywhere. It's going to be a long-term opportunity for a lot of suppliers. It means that you've got to engage with it on, I guess I'll say, a more equal footing than it has been up to this point. It's been really largely thought of as sort of a niche industry where as it continues to grow and some of these companies do get larger and are able to leverage more in terms of what they're buying and the scale that they're buying at it's going to have to get realistic supply chains are going to have to get realistic that was a lot to digest and i really appreciate it um there, there's a lot of dense comments in, in that um few minutes right there as we're wrapping up, because this is only a 30 minute um, interview and it, it works out really perfectly, actually, because you mentioned in that last bit about servicing your customer, kind of really getting to know them and then putting the work into making sure that you're not just producing a product and trying to either upcharge or sell at the same price point. Um, what kind of do you think is important to Glenis? Because I yet again, I started in, in still in dispensaries as a part-time employee while I do this packaging compliance podcast stuff. And Galenus is really well sought after. I mean, almost anytime you guys hit our shelves, people are always asking what's the new stuff, you know, what's the THC at, what's the price at, did you guys get half ounces, uh, stuff like that. So you've obviously done a really great job at paying attention to what folks want. Uh, and I think that can go across the board for Michigan because I'm a fan and travel enough that I've been able to try both uh, Ohio and Michigan. And sorry, Galena's team, Christine's doing it better in Ohio for the one bag that I tried. But yeah, go ahead if you could just like on a more light note, you know, what does it mean to take care of the patients and the customers at Galena's for you guys? Yeah, I mean, they're, I mean, trying to, I guess, carry over some of the things that I just said. Mm -hmm. There are some areas where we, you, everything, <laughs> there's some areas where you can cut costs and some areas where quality is just paramount. We spend quite a lot on the soil that we're acquiring because we went through a lot of trial and error uh, testing out soils and we found a soil provider that is, is great. Their, their philosophy lines up with ours. It's a company called Tilth. They're based out of Cleveland. Um, it's the Rust Belt Riders. Mm -hmm. And um, and it's one of those things where we could certainly probably save some money, but um, they've done a great job for us, and they're they're upping their game as well. Um, and so, it, everything when it comes to supply chain is all about making choices and choosing where you might be able to justify some savings and choosing where you. You, you have to put quality above everything else. And as an organic grower, we sometimes have fewer choices than um, everybody else that's operating in the industry because we're all, we're a niche of a niche, if that makes mm -hmm. sense, mm -hmm. doing what we're doing. And, and so we're, we're even more limited in that respect. Um, so it's a challenge, but you, 
you ultimately are making some decisions about what kind of product you're going to be offering in cannabis. Are you going to be offering a value product where you're just trying to crank out as much of it as you can? Or are you offering something else where the, the quality of the end product and the way that it's produced matters to you as a company and matters to the consumer? And so far, we've been really fortunate. I mean, as you said, the, the patients in Ohio have engaged with our products, engaged with our brands. We've tried to be really thoughtful in terms of our genetic selection and what we're bringing to the market. It's not all the same stuff that everybody else carries. We try to have a wide array of um, terpene selections and, and uh, strain varieties, aromas, flavors, whatever you want to call it. And um, and it's kind of taken on our life its own. I, I will say that some of our strains, the brand of the strain in Ohio or the strain itself is like just as big as Galena's. I feel like some people like some of our strains just as much as they like us as a whole, which is great. I mean, we're happy that people engage with what we're doing to that extent. I mean, that's really the goal of all this. We want happy patients and we certainly want to be able to be a part of making somebody's life better and alleviating suffering and making sure that people have options when they're making some healthcare decisions that just a couple of years they weren't allowed to make in Ohio. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, cannabis is a culture and we try to engage with that culture and we want to make sure people know that we're an authentic group of people that are really doing our best to try to produce the best possible product. Um, we're not a big company. We're, we're as little as it gets as far as a producer in the state of Ohio. Um, but we're just trying to compensate for our size by putting out the best possible product that we can and really being a part of the craft cannabis movement, which we think is probably going to be the future of the industry to a large extent. I mean, there's going to be operators that are very, very big and are operating at scale and they're going to get chipped away at by companies like us over the short term and the long term because we're focused on producing a different kind of a product. We really do care quite passionately about the plants and about the the type of um, plants that we're growing and the flower that we're producing. Absolutely. It really shows uh, it's not hard to see if you pick up a bag in either state uh, that you guys operate in. It's it's pretty abundantly clear. I mean, I, almost anyone that I've met who is a fan of the style of cannabis, like I know they're the same as me. And if I could have a few turkey bags of electric peanut butter and that lamb is dough in my bedroom to roll around in like a dog or a pig, I would totally do it because that stuff the, the flavors, the smells, the effects, they're all there. They hit all the tropes. Um, but then, you know, all of that philosophy that you have spit in the last 20 minutes and 25 um, is really important to be able to produce that. And I think I would agree with you. And I hope that that's where our future for cannabis is going. But I also hope that those big operators that are producing a McDonald's of cannabis um, have the opportunity to exist. Just hopefully it's a little bit more level and fair of a playing field than some of those on other industries because i do think that there is a place for you know cheap um low quality cannabis because there's lots of people who want that but yeah absolutely yeah, i mean i think there's i don't mean to say that we're great no. and everybody else is not good that's not yeah, no point. no no i don't um what i, I what i guess i'm just saying is that there there's 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 a lot of space in this this um, industry to kind of maneuver and decide what you want to be. And we knew right from the get-go that we weren't going to be huge. There was no way we we're going to be able to compete with companies that are able to deploy tens or hundreds of millions of dollars 
And so what we had to do was something that was different and trying to stay true to ultimately how at least I came up through the industry and kind of my experience with cannabis prior to being in the industry was always that there's there there is sort of a um I don't know I there's something special and kind of a little magical about this plant that is not like other things and so our goal always was to try to treat it with the respect that we thought um the plant deserved and but there's lots of ways to approach this market there's plenty of ways that you can provide value if you want to be a big operator to patients that are are more value conscious and we're just doing it a different way so it's not one or the other i think there's plenty of room in the industry for everybody right now we've just got a philosophy and so far it's it's working and people are engaging with it keep it up i i know i and a lot of other people appreciate it um, at the end of my interviews and at the end of the episode, I always like to give uh, whoever I'm interviewing a moment to shout out whoever they would like, whether that's, you know, people that are down in Galenus working for you, or if there's companies that you work with that you want to go for, that's really cool about the um, the soil company. I didn't know that you guys got uh, pouches coming out of Cleveland and you got soil coming out of Cleveland. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I I don't know if I want to give anybody a shout out just because I'll be here all day talking about all of our team. We've really got a tremendous team in place and yeah. they're, they're the ones doing the work every day. Um, and so um, in terms of our suppliers, I think that Tilth is doing a great job. Rust Belt slash Tilth in Cleveland, they really are doing this with a, a totally conscious way of approaching composting and soil production. Um, their story is amazing. If you want to go check them out, I would highly recommend seeing what the Rust Belt Riders are all about. Um, I, I think that we, we another company that we do a lot of work with is called Ohio Earth Food. They're based out of Hartville, Ohio. They're a little company, but they have tons of organic options. And, and it's hard to find good, consistent organic uh, nutrient suppliers. And so if you are an organic grower and you want to find a place to uh, buy products from. Um, I don't know. They do have a retail store, but I think they're much more geared towards wholesale sales as opposed to retail. But um, if you're in the Northeast Ohio area and uh, you're looking for a new place to buy nutrients, I would say Ohio Earth Food's a good spot to check out. Those are some good ones. Um, since you weren't on the shout out, how about appeasing me and other Ohio patients in um what kind of like processing is coming out soon? I know you guys have uh, sent out a few things, but they're very few and far between as far as Cincinnati's concerned. Sure. Yeah. So we've got, we, we, we've been slowly but surely ramping up what we're doing with processing. Our challenge in Ohio has always been that we just are limited in terms of our capacity. And so the vast majority of the flour that we're producing is going out to the market as flour. It's not getting turned into extract or concentrate or whatever. Um, but we do have, we, we are scaling up some of our concentrate production. We will have, you know, plenty of vape carts, five tens and luster pods still hitting the market. And we have finally gotten ourselves into a position where we're ready to bring some edibles to market as well. And so these will be coming out to the market probably within the next couple of months. Heck yeah, that'll be sweet. I know I'll be looking out for them. 
Um, well, hey, I really appreciate your time today and the insights that you've provided me and the listeners and people in Ohio. Um, so I can't express how grateful I am and uh, the opportunity to speak with you. So thank you so much. And hopefully we'll run into each other here in the near future. Great. Thanks, Patrick. It's been great. I appreciate the, the invitation, and the opportunity to talk to you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Talk to you soon. Yes. Bye.